Good morning, church. Good morning, family. I do see new people in the house, and I, and I do know that um, there was an announcement for people who are new to raise their hands, wasn't there? Or were you guys not in church at that time yet? Did you, did you come in fashionably late for the worship in the house? God, you, listen, you guys must be hungry Hungry for the things of God. Don't miss out on anything. So that's an invite for next week. Um, So let's see who are the new people in the house this morning. Yes, you can raise your hands now. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Glory. Rivaldo, you must be... You must be out there for the Lord, my brother. So, thank you. And those connect cards are for those who are new in the house. Thanks, Dino. Much appreciated. I'm trying new things, babe. So, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling like a star this morning. Thanks, um... Thanks, family. So this morning, I've got the, the honor of um, sharing a, a two-part series. Um, as always, I want to just honor the pastor who doesn't like being called a pastor, um, Bevan and Zue. We don't stand here lightly at any point in time. It's with great responsibility that we share the word of God. We are held accountable. And um, thank you, Bevan, for once again stretching. Uh, Those of us uh, in leadership, Grins is smiling so much right now. Yes, we are stretched in the house of rebirth, but it's all for his glory. Amen. None of us and all of him. Lord, take us out of the way and have your way so the title this morning for the series is god is full stop okay god is full stop so the title is a statement a declaration a fact without apology trying not to explain or give evidence or fact to the statement god is okay god just is the bible is his story to us for us now i want you to think of a check okay a check is written out okay it is given value once the person who has authority has put in a value has signed it off has made it personal to you, the holder, gives it to you. All right? The Bible is our check from God. Okay? The Bible is our check from God. It's got my name and it's got your name written on it. It's been signed off by the King of Kings. It's been signed off in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's got your name on it. It's got my name on it. But I check is just a check if you don't redeem it. A check remains a check 
It's got value, but it remains a check until you, the holder, redeems it. Amen? Father, this morning, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your, your promises, which are yea and amen. Lord, even as we heard from your daughter, Sancha, this morning, that we need to come expectant. We need to come into your house and into your presence asking which means that we need to have a knowledge of you. We need to know what your promises are. We need to know what your gifts are so we know what to be expectant for. Lord, let us not just come into your presence without a heart of expectancy. How disappointing it must be if we just come and we ask nothing. We just come and we are just there. You are the Father, our Daddy, our Abba Father. You want to give us all good things, but we need to ask. We need to come into your presence, Lord, and know who you are. This morning we give you all the honor and we give you all the praise. Thank you for the promise of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross that was shed for us. This morning we come to you with expectant hearts, Lord. Expectant hearts, Father. Hear our cries and see our hearts this morning, Lord, and deliver into fertile ground. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. and amen. Are you expectant this morning? <clears throat> are you ready to hear some truth? Hmm, I hope you are. So... Here's a bit of truth for you. So here's a survey that Billy Graham quoted when he wrote the foreword of the book that is called What the Bible is All About. This was in the 1980s. Okay. So a survey was done as to how people actually read the Bible, how people actually go into the Word. Hmm. Interesting. Only 12% of the people who say they believe actually read the Bible every day. This was in the 80s, right? Only 12% of the people who say they believe, they believe the Bible actually read it every day. 34% read it once in a while. And 42% Read it once in a great while. I hope we're putting ourselves somewhere in these percentages right now. I went a little further and went to statista.com to see what the frequency of adults reading the Bible, and this was for the USA, in 2021. Now, in the 80s, we had... 12%, that's an every day. 2021, 11%. We had 34% reading it once in a while in the 80s. Today, every day, or sorry, once in a month, 8%. We had 42% reading 
the Bible once in a great while in the 1980s, in 2021. Once or twice in a year, 8%. We've been handed a check for life, but have we even looked at it? Have we even begun to look at it? Or are we offering lip service? Here's the truth, family. Here's the truth. There's a well-known saying that says, a Bible that is falling apart often belongs to a person who is not. What's the condition of our Bibles? I remember fondly Pastor Billy this morning, and his Bible was literally, literally falling to pieces. But thank God for the man. I stand here this morning because of that Bible that was falling to pieces, seed that was deposited into my life with a man who was not falling apart. Family, are we offering lip service to God? That song we sang this morning touched me so greatly. I give myself away. Ooh. And I do know this, that we also say that we come to, 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 to church and we sing the most lies to God. How heartbreaking this must be for God. Can you imagine God looking at us and I'm singing my heart out. I'm singing these chords. I give myself away. And God is saying, but when? When are you giving yourself away? When are you surrendering your all? When are you starting life with me? And then going back to God. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think when people write songs like that, they've gone into the Holy of Holies for them to be able to sing songs like that. We repeat those songs, but do we know the sacrifice that brought that about? Do we know where that has come from? The courtroom. Do we know what it means to get to a place where you can sing that to God and mean it? And God says, this is my friend. This is my friend. From the stats that I've just read, we can see from the 80s to 2021, we're in a state of decline as far as the word is concerned. We're in a state of decline as far as knowing who our God is. Is it any wonder that our world is where it's at right now? Years and years and years ago, you would have been put into a mental institution for some of the things that are being said right now. People would have thought you crazy. But now it's the norm. Why is that? Why are we becoming so desensitized? The check for life has never been looked at. The check for life, we don't know what the value of it actually is. So the very beginning of the Bible demands faith. Okay. Without faith, the rest of the book might as well be closed. Hebrews 11 verses 6 says, and Bevan just quoted it this morning, it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Yet he, de he, he demands it at the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, here it is, God. Faith. 
God without apology, without explanation, does not say, I am God because. Just in the beginning, God. A declaration of who God is without apology. The Bible requires immediately from you and I, faith. Faith. Take it or leave it. So here is the scenario. God is God. Without addition, without subtraction, without multiplication. God is God. He always is, always was. There is no adding to God. He is complete and He is consistently God. We see the creation of man made for God, made for communion with God. We see the fall of man, separation from God. We see the saving plan of God, the blood of Jesus Christ. And we see the path of man that continues. Okay, We see the path of man that continues through choice. God gives us the choice. The writing on the check immediately begins with the value being added for you and I. Our names are written in on the check. The check is written in blood. It is signed off by the King of Kings. It has your name on it, Dean. It has your name on it, Sister Ingrid. It has your name on it, Dilly. It has your name on it, Rivaldo. Dwayne, it has your name on it. But the check is just a check if it is not redeemed. A decision is required from you and I. So the journey follows as such. Faith being required. A response being required from you and I. And relationship ensues. Faith being required. A response being required. This is where so many of us are falling short. There's a broken telephone happening right here. We've been given a check that's burning in our pockets right now. A check that needs to be redeemed. If this check was a hot coal and it's in your pocket, you can imagine that at some point in time it's going to burn a hole right through and leave your pocket forever. What's the value of the check then? We walk around in our lives daily as broken people, but we've been given the promise of life on this check. We walk around with lives of unforgiveness, but the promise is in the check. We walk around in lives of complete, complete, complete mess and chaos, but we've been given a check written in his blood. We just need to redeem it. We just need to redeem it. So here's the response that is required from man, as written in the Gospels. Okay, and Jesus said this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Now listen to this. This is is what Jesus himself was saying. And he said, 
not you should. He said you shall. You shall. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And those of you who know the world of auditing, what a shall mean? It's not an option. If you do not adhere to shall, you are not compliant. You are actually in, in a state of a finding against you. Jesus says, you shall love. You shall. There's a responsibility. There's a response required from you and I. Okay. He talks about mind. Talks about soul, your heart. These are all the faculties. Our spirit man which connects us to God the spirit. He demands our all. He demands that all that lives for eternity. We have the choice of response. Do we live eternity with him? Do we live eternity without him? Amen. So, I want to move on to relationship after response. Okay? Relationship after response. And I want to go into the book of Hosea this morning. Has anybody in the house read the book Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers? Hey, dear, dear, dear. Now let me tell you something. Many people have not read that book. My mom gave this book to me one Christmas when we were visiting Natal. And she said to me, son, read this book. Book is about this thick. It's got the, the, the picture of a woman in a scarlet dress on the cover. And I looked at it and I said, Mom, what am I going to do with this book? Redeeming love. A woman on the cover in a scarlet dress. Give me a break. And my mother said, just read the first few pages. Just read the first few pages. So this book, Redeeming Love, is actually Francine Rivers' narrative of the book of Hosea, written in modern times. Absolutely, you know, God-inspired book. I started reading the first two pages. I could not put the book down. Two, I mean, two days later, you know, every single gap that I could get, I was sitting and reading that book wherever I could. Everybody else that I've given this book to it's just become so disruptive. They've, they've literally stealing time during office hours in their work time because they need to finish this book. God inspired. Read that book if you want. A great gift for Empower Her. So here's the outline of the book of, of Hosea very quickly. We get the prophet Hosea who has, who is the, the, the idea of a faithful prophet, man of God, married to an adulterous wife. This is chapters 1 to 3. Then we get chapters 4 to 14, which portrays Israel, the adulterous Israel, and God, the faithful Lord. I want to bring it back to today, 2022, 
adulterous us and the faithful Lord, our faithful Savior. Who amongst us can say that we are not adulterous, that we are not faithful to the Lord our God? This is one thing that I do know, that within the church, every single one of us that is here, we are broken people. We've come to this place because we realize that we need God. And I want to encourage you, not one of you, look to the left and look to the right. The person sitting next to you, the person preaching from the pulpit, is not your Savior. The person talking into your life is not your Savior. The person talking into your life will let you down. The person that is speaking into your life is just flesh and blood. We all are broken in here. There's not one of us that is any better than the other. But for God. But for God. Thank you, Lord, that he holds up a mirror and shows us our brokenness. Because our answer is in him, not in each other. So as we look at relationship, looking at the church, looking at Israel, looking at our own lives... I want us to do a little bit of introspection. We see this, this man, Hosea, a prophet of God, living life righteously. Can you imagine? But the Bible also said God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Can you imagine God telling this righteous man, go and marry that adulterous woman? Not for him. For her. Goma, his wife, her saving grace was in this marriage, in this unity, in this redeeming love that came about. Our saving grace is in Jesus Christ. Yet, while we are sinners, yet while we are adulterous to him, unfaithful, he's leaving the 99 to come after us. He's leaving the 99. You know, that song is called Reckless Love. And that's pretty reckless, wouldn't you think? Because what is the function of a shepherd? To take care of the sheep. And if you're taking care of the 99, think about the value in that pen. Why? Why would you leave 99, risk the 99 to go after the one? This is God's love for you and I. That is what is written on that check. Dio, your name is on that check. Your name is on that check. God will leave the 99 to come after you, the one. So, we see that the marriage of Hosea to this adulterous woman that is going back and forth tumultuous relationship also depicts what God is going through with Israel. The emotions that Hosea is feeling, he's meant to feel or shown what God is feeling with the nation of Israel, his chosen nation. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in that relationship where you're giving of your love, you're giving of your love, 
and this person is just trampling on your heart. And God says, okay, now I want you to go back. Go back for them again. Who of us here would have said, Lord, no. No, this makes no sense. I'm sure I'm not hearing from you. Why would you tell me to go back for more? You see, sometimes it's not about you and I. Sometimes it's about somebody else. The ministry, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for you and I. It's about, it's about, it's about everybody else. Amen. So Hosea, through his own emotional turmoil, was able to experience the emotions of Yahweh with Israel. So here's his three kids, right? In Hosea 1, verses 3, you'll see <clears throat> the first of his kids being born, Jezreel, is his first son. It means God will scatter. Okay? The name was given as a, pre, a, a prediction of judgment to come, which parallels the judgment that was to come over Israel. Okay? The judgment that was come to is, uh, over Israel for the uh, dishonoring the relationship with God. Hosea 1 verses 6 the daughter of Hosea is born. Lo-Ruhamah is her name, which means not pitied. Okay? And the name of Ruhamah symbolizes God now bringing judgment. God bringing judgment. Now remember, here is a path that is happening. A path that is going. We had the prediction of judgment coming because of our wicked ways, because of our adulterous ways. So God is giving literally warning shots and saying, listen, if you continue down this path, this is what will happen. There was a prediction of judgment over Israel. Israel, stiff-necked people. Hosea 1 verses 8. Lo ami meaning not my people. Sad place to get. The name reflecting God's rejection of Israel. Almost a literal divorce from Israel at this point in time, even though there was still a remnant that remained for God's promise later on. We see a whole trajectory happening here. God giving warnings and saying, come back to me. Come back to me. I love you. Come back to me. And we're still doing our own thing. And eventually, our sin has repercussions where God says, I've got to pass judgment. The check burning in your pocket has a time. How long will it be in your pocket before it burns through? Before you cannot redeem the value on the check. Family, our lives on this earth are but for a time. The time for us to redeem the value that God has put on that check through the cross is for a time. You have purpose here on this earth. Don't let the purpose only be about you. The purpose is not only about you. Is it okay for some people to labor and others to stand by and watch. Is it okay in God's eyes? Is it okay? 
we see even after God starts rejecting Israel, we see Israel still being a stiff-necked people, still continuing in the things that they were doing. You see why? They still had wealth. They still had comfort at this point in time. They still continued in the trust in what they had at that point in time. Things weren't uncomfortable then. But slowly things started being stripped away. Slowly things started being stripped away. Goma kept on returning to her lovers, chasing after them, seeking after them, getting nothing out of it until she realized what she had in Hosea. You and I are in the same boat in life. Sometimes we go through so much in our lives where God is constantly knocking and saying, listen, I'm here for you. I want relationship with you. Why won't you answer? Why won't you answer? I'm knocking and I'm knocking. I want relationship with you. It reminds me also of the story of a farmer who has a dog on the porch and a visitor comes by and says, what's wrong with your dog? Why is he howling and moaning on the porch? And the farmer says, oh no, he's sitting on a nail. And he says, sitting on a nail? Why doesn't he get off the nail? He says, no, it doesn't hurt enough yet. It doesn't hurt enough yet. We sometimes go through our lives like this. God is saying to us, get off the nail. Here is your check. Here's your promises in me. No, Lord, the nail is not that uncomfortable yet. It's not that uncomfortable yet. But the end of it is death, family. The end of it is death. I remember in my own life, you know, a time waking up from a drunken stupor one morning after a night out with, with friends, all still together, could still taste the, the alcohol on my tongue, getting up that morning and feeling absolutely empty. You know, I might have shared this before, but I got up that morning and I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. This is not me. This is not me. God has imprinted his DNA on the inside of me. And I woke up this, that morning surrounded by people, but feeling so alone. That morning, in that hungover state, I got ready and went to church. It was the only place where I could think of where I could go and solve this hole, this emptiness that was on the inside of me. The mercy of God, the mercy of God, yet while we were sinners, yet whilst we were being adulterous, welcome me in. I stand here this morning because of the mercy of God, not because of anything I've done. I'm not worthy to stand here, but God says he knows who I am. He knows who I am. God requires that response from you this morning. I know that there's many of us that come 
in and out of those doors that are dealing with so much, dealing with so much, you've got a check in your pocket. You've got a check with value and promises signed off by the King of Kings. You need to redeem it. Amen. That is what is required from you. You see, we face the same journey in our lives. The question is, how long will we run? We are created for God's purpose, not our own. I know that we think it's the other way around. We actually try to figure our lives out and add God to afterwards. Yes. God says, actually, it's the other way around. Seek me first. You know all those other things that you're chasing? I'll give them to you. I'll add them to you. But get your heart right with me first. Make a decision. Make a choice. You are born for purpose. Romans 12, Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what the, that good and perfect and pleasing will of God is. God's will for our lives comes in our surrendering to Him. You know, how many times will we turn back? Maybe you've made that decision and we keep on, we keep on, we keep on turning back. John 4 verses 23 to 24 says, But the hour is coming and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That is what is required from us. That is the response that is required from us. The decision that we've made for Christ. Here's a question for you. Do we consider our decision that we've made for Christ as a diet or as a lifestyle? A diet or as a lifestyle? You see, a diet is temporary. A diet, we embark on diets up until the point where we look good or we feel good. And then what happens? I'm good now, I can go back to where I was. So that we can start all over again. So that we can start all over again. Is this not what we do with God? Are we dating God? Or are we in a marriage with God? Are we dating God or are we in a marriage with are we being adulterous with God? Are we in a fling with God? God is requiring spirit and truth. Family, our time is running out. We see where this world is going. It's going at a rapid pace. Faster than anything we've seen. Year in and year out, day in and day out, the boundaries are being pushed. Bevan was talking about boundaries in our own homes. The earth is pushing the boundaries with God, which then resonates in our homes. But we perish because of a lack of knowledge. 
We perish because of a lack of knowledge. You see, we need to go back to basics. We need to go back to looking at the check. We need to know what the value is of Jesus dying on the cross for us. We need to bring that back into our homes. We need, you know, do we do the ABCs? When last have you had a prayer meeting in your family? When last have you prayed with your family? When last have you had or opened the word, the check, with your family? We don't need to do it here on a Sunday only. What are we doing at home? Are we part of the statistics that they're talking about even now in 2021? That's the reality. Are we doing lip service? Here's a question. When have we made it in life? When have we made it in life? Now, I'll forgive you, and many of us would think, you drive this, you own that, you have this, you've got this sort out. Have you made it in life? You see, I challenge you that the definition of life is what we need to look at. Are we talking about temporary or are we talking about eternal? Because then it changes everything, right? Here's what, I love this from Bill Johnson. He says, many people have very little focus on eternity because they have so little invested there. Many people have so very little focus on eternity because they have so very little invested there. Our focus is where our investments are. Where are we spending our time? Says where our focus is. Where our investment is. I remember that's exactly what God laid on my heart a couple weeks ago when we were at, at prayer. Was exactly that revelation of what our spiritual bank accounts are. Revelation of what our eternal bank accounts are. Here's a challenge, or here's reality. I think many of us are in overdraft right now. How much credit have we put towards eternity? Here's a warning. 1 Timothy 6, verses 17. It says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So don't be proud about what it is that you have gotten. Actually, God has given it to you. Anything that replaces our trust in God brings us into that adulterous relationship. Anything that you have in life that causes you to not trust in God is too much. Is too much. This can be material wealth, our relationships, our careers, maybe even ourselves. We sometimes get in the way with our pride. What is meant to bless us and build us up actually breaks us down. 
when we've received and used that incorrectly. We were actually never meant for a life outside of God. We were created for His purpose. Now God is love. Think about any time in your life when you were in love with somebody. Weren't you the best version of yourself? Weren't you the best version of yourself when you were in love? People would come to you and say to you, you are glowing. (laughs) And we've seen this from Grenville. We've seen a glow about Grenville that we have not seen. Man, man, man. We were meant to be inside of Christ. God is love. Our relationships with those around us Can they see God in us? Do we affect the environment with the love of Christ on the inside of us? That's a true test, isn't it? Can we stand people or can't we stand people? Hmm. A check has been written out in his blood. It's got your name on it. You've got to redeem it. Psalm 34 verses 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But tasting requires sacrifice. Tasting requires you to go into that quiet room. I was was thinking about Sancha the whole week after her testimony. Excuse me, and I thought about this scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Would Sancha have had that experience if she did not make that time for sacrifice? If she did not say, Lord, I am going after your promises on that check. Think about what it is that we know about God and what it is that we expect from God. How can you expect if you don't know? How can you know if you don't open his word? How can you know if you don't know him? Are we expectant, family? Are we expectant? So that we begin to experience the love of God. God's instruction, 1 Timothy 6, verses 11. But you, O man of God, you and I, flee these things. And what's he talking about? Flee these things. What things? Those things that tear us away from trust in Him. Those things that come in between God and us. He says, but you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. A lot of that, fruits of the Spirit. God is actually saying, run after the Spirit. Serve me in spirit and in truth. With all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Exactly like we've said. Family, we've got a check that we've been given, that we're holding on to, that is burning a hole in your pocket right now. You need to redeem it. I need to redeem it. But I need to know what is on the check. I need to know the person who's authorized the value of the check. 
We've got a responsibility towards God. We've got a responsibility towards one another. I'm going to say amen right there. I'm going to ask Pastor B to just lead us in prayer this morning, just to speak to our hearts as the word of God has gone forth. And above all, just that we be moved to a place of making a decision for God. His purpose is for us to have relationship and communion with Him for us and for others. Don't let life just be about only you. Life is not just only about you. God is. Amen. Amen. Amen.